Iron Jungle podcast is raw, it's real, it has zero gimmicks, zero bullshit, and absolutely zero fucks to give. Welcome to the Iron Jungle. This is real, no bullshit, no holds barred, wide fucking open podcast. We've been at this far too long to be fucking around. This is the jungle. Where anything goes, no holds barred. We're going to be talking about the real shit. How to succeed in a world where you have goals, but there's so much misinformation and bullshit trying to sell you something. This is the informative podcast. And there's no holds barred in the jungle. The question is, are you ready? Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the iron jungle. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back into the jungle. Drew Peters, Ryan Buckeye. We are going to break down. It's expo season. And by expo season, once a week, um, this expo used to be like the biggest sports nutrition expo in the world, or at least in America, but it's since sort of like diminished in terms of, I guess you'd call them what? Vendors, right? Sports nutrition brands and vendors because the digital era of the internet makes it a lot easier for guys like Drew to drop products on a fucking Wednesday than having to wait to do it at Olympia Weekend in Vegas. But there are still a lot of people who travel to Vegas, who travel to Columbus, who travel to Europa shows or go over to FIBO, whatever it might be. So today's episode is really on like the do's and don'ts of attending expos and like how to attend one and actually, I would say, embrace the entire weekend and get the most of it. And Drew and I have been to many of them. You've exhibited at plenty of them. Uh, thank God I never had to do that because I couldn't, I wouldn't want to deal with that. Um, but first off, Drew, you're not going to be in Vegas. I will not. I have a few things of brewing that will be made um, public toward the end of the month, and we'll go with that. But yeah, unfortunately, I got some stuff to take care of here. Um, Vegas doesn't then, want you anyway. I know. Does bro, not, they can't keep me away. I'm there at least three times a year. This only year, I'll only be there twice. But yeah, you'll hey. be there in October. Exactly. The supply side west, and then it rolls around. So. This is exciting. This is exactly what he is. Um, we could have a whole episode. I, I'm not on the business side of things. I think some other tool bag they do a, a podcast with talks about the business stuff. But in terms of um, expos, that is exactly it. You see fewer and fewer vendors at these shows. It's almost shocking. Where a lot of time, you know, some companies are going bigger and bigger, and bigger, and taking real estate. And the other little smaller companies, man, fuck this. There's no ROI for us on here. Like you're yeah. dropping forty to fifty grand for a booth space giving out trick-or-treat bags of products, paying staff, lobby people in, hotels, da, da, da. But what does it actually bring back to your business? And that leads into the expos. They're still very much worthwhile. It's an experience you need to have at least once in your life, in my opinion. Go to the Olympia. Go to the Arnold. And now the other question we have with this, the segues into it, is how the fuck do you travel in the fitness world when it comes to expos? Because I get those questions a lot and it sounds simple, but then again, you know, we have some quirky shit, all the meals, supplements, so on and so forth. So let's let's dive in a little bit there and talk about traveling um, and navigating things as a fitness person. What do you want to kick off with there? Well, I mean, you talk about traveling in general, going through TSA in the airport was one of the most difficult things to actually do, especially now because they've actually, uh, I guess, tightened up their guidelines on powders that you're trying to go through security. So let me first say this. If you are going to an expo like Arnold or Vegas, expect to walk away from an expo with a shit ton of samples. So you don't necessarily need to pack baggies and baggies of product in the way. Now, if you choose to do so, that's on you. Um, but one thing is very clear. like They can test the powders in the machines, and they're going to. So if you don't pull the powders now out of your bag, so if you have, say, a half-open tub, of Drew Peters Pro Subs Hide Icon that he formulated. If you have a half of 
half of one in your bag and you don't pull it out, they're going to pull your bag. And they're going to rub a little swab over it. And they're going to put it in the machine. They're going to give it back to you unless you have something else going on with that product. So first and foremost, like if you're bringing powders with you, just pull the shit out of your bags. Because if I'm the guy standing behind you and you're the guy not pulling the shit out of your bags and you keep me from getting to my flight or getting a beer at the, at the, at the airport bar, I swear to God, Drew, I'm going to bitch slap that guy right in the back of the skull. I'm going to donkey punch him because we're telling you right now, just take your shit out of the bag. You'll be fine unless you're trying to bring something else in puttered form through an airport, which good luck with that. Well, the key is to, and you guys have a fucking easy. I'm not saying, oh, you don't even know. You know how big of a fucking nightmare it is traveling sometimes for R&D? So you take a trail to a co-man, you're coming back with like, you know, 20, 30 different things, you know, it's a pretty good amount of powder. The key is, like Brian said exactly, if you have any type of supplement, um, I mean, sometimes a few packets is fine, but anything with a bunch of packets or especially a tub of something, take it out of your bag, let it scan separately. That way you can see that, okay, it's a powder. If that's in your bag, they're going to they're pull it off, they're going to look closer, they're going to go through your bag per protocol because they can't tell if it's liquid powder. They need to see what's going on with it. They're going to swab it, and there's a very high chance, in my experience, especially in R&D, that it is going to pop and it's going to set off an alarm because a lot of times, especially in the R&D section, you know, these labs you work at or even the packaging from machinery, stuff like that, there's a lot of things, especially glycerin, that can get on packaging and outside it off as a component for bombs, and therefore you're going the back room you're getting patted down they're doing the extra swab to find exactly what it is and it takes more time to get on your flight it's not an end all but if you're tight on time you know that could be a detrimental other than that just keep cool you know they have to do their job if you're not carrying anything legal you're fine anyway and i'm just used to it that's exactly it i generally don't advise to try to fly with powders and your carry a checked bag that doesn't matter no no you need to have a protein put that shit in check bag mm-hmm. carry on though Limit your powders in terms of things hubs. That worst case scenario, if they have to toss out the powder for whatever reason, oh, it's set off the, the sometimes they're the weird about that. You're out maybe two or three servings or something rather than a whole tub, right. which I've had happen, and that does suck. Yeah. The problem with me is I go to these expos and I get guys like you or somebody else saying, like, Ryan, you gotta try this, and they give me a half open tub. It's like, listen, just FedEx it back to me, ship it back to me. I don't want to deal with the hassle of it. The other thing too, which I actually experienced for the first time this year, is traveling a carry-on checking or carry on a bag with my TRT, with testosterone. So obviously that is not a legal substance for 95%, 99% of the people out there. But if you are somebody traveling with, say you have a a script for TRT, here's what I did, and I I think this is the way to do it. Like, make sure, A, it's clearly fucking labeled. Make sure that you don't have, because I know some of the stuff you get off the the street comes in a vial, and the only way you know what it is is because the top on it at one point was red or blue, or maybe it was orange, and you say, okay, well, blue was DECA, red was TEST. All right. Well, they don't know that. So make sure that it's clearly labeled from your pharmacy, whether it's a sticker on the actual vial itself or some pharmacies or depending on where you get it, will actually put the vial inside of a like a traditional orange pill bottle and they'll label the pill bottle and also get a note from your doctor. Just let let your doctor know like, hey, I'm traveling. I just need something to say in case they pull this. They can contact you and you can vouch that, yes, I can carry this shit through. What's funny is I've been pulled uh, uh, through security so many times for my fucking powders. Every time that I finally learned my lesson to do what we just said, pull the shit out, I didn't pull the TRT out. I went right through it with, with straight test, not a problem. Just right through, with syringes and everything. So if you're on TRT legally, you have nothing to worry about. Now, if you're trying to travel with something that you are not legally prescribed, like you can sweat a little bit, and I'm not trying to tell you to take chances and do it. Chances are you're, you're probably going to be okay, but if you get caught, it's your own fucking stupidity. It's your own fault for doing it. 
I'm not telling you how to circumvent TSA. That's not the point here. But right. I'm saying typically if you have to travel somewhere, if you don't have a script for TRT, what a lot of people will do, if you're going somewhere for a week, like, okay, just pre-fill two syringes of whatever the fuck it is you need, mm -hmm. put on their fresh needle, cap them, put them inside a toilet, your bag, just put it through. They're probably not going to care. It's probably not worth their time. Is okay like that. If you're trying to bring like 10 or 15 syringes through or like miles <laughs> of a bunch of shit, like making it like, okay, what's going on here? You might have a problem. But generally, if you need like a syringe or two, you could probably go to TSA with no problem. Or just put the syringes that are filled in your fucking check bag. You're good. Yeah. You probably then even then you probably even bring whatever vials. But it depends how much the risk is worth to you. Best bet. Just don't do it. Or if you have to partake in extra supplementation or contest prep, if you know we're going ahead of time, ship it to yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. they don't take the TSA. There's multiple options, but this isn't a fucking drug smoking episode. So, and man, typically, my, unless you're taking something that needs to be taken every day too, if you really you know, plan your shots accordingly as well. Like if you're taking um, like a test Cyp or something that needs to be taken once a week, and it, that the, the day you're supposed to take it is the day you travel. Take it the day before. Who gives a shit? Just take it the day before, and you'll be fine. Uh, I know plenty of people who freak out and have anxiety about traveling with this stuff. Like just relax. The other thing, Drew, I don't know if you've seen this, and I don't want to get on a tangent about or even give people ideas, but the. Uh, you know the oils that these MLM companies sell where they put them in the diffusers and they make the room smell nice? Yeah. Like they make those type of vials for your substances, your super subs. So you can go through uh, and carry on what looks like um, an essential oil. And, it, and to some people, it is a very much an essential oil. So they're, I mean, not telling you to do it, but I'm telling you, if you're freaking out, you can look into the option. I know it exists. It's possible, but I, I highly wouldn't recommend. It. Don't be a dumb fucking put an oil that you're going to be injecting your body in an unsterile vial. I mean, that's the only downside <laughs> of that. Just calling a spade a spade. Eh, it's good in theory, but I don't know about that. Yeah, I mean, if it's not grapeseed oil or whatever else that we're using, I mean, I would be careful with it. But so that, those are the big things there. Now, traveling with meals is another thing as well. If you mm -hmm. are on prep and you are like scheduled to eat every three hours or whatever it might be, I mean, they make it super easy now. Um, and they allow a lot of food through TSA, especially like um, I have a six-pack bag. It's no plug for them. I got it for free. You know, I use it. But I know there's like fit marks, and I think you have a different version of a bag too that you might take with you. It's a pain in the ass carrying another bag. Don't get me wrong. But if your meals are like – I think they have, I don't even think they have to be frozen. But like if they're in there, they're packaged, it, for the most part, you're good to go. It doesn't really matter um, what you're bringing as long as it's in those containers inside that, that bag. I mean I've never been questioned with it. Yeah, you're never going to have a problem with food in my experience and in my opinion. The only time is like, I mean, don't, don't be, I don't know why you'd be some fucking dumb fuck walking through TSA with a sandwich in your hand. Like, yo, cool, if I bring this through, taking a bite to go through. I mean, just, just chill, wait to eat. But if you have like, say, um, okay, I'm going somewhere. I need today's meals with me. Realistically, I mean, if you really, I've seen people travel with big things of food, you're okay. In that case, freeze it. Keep it fresh. Mm -hmm. What you don't want to have happen, and I've had this happen personally, so I fucking know. Back in 2015, I took a day flight out to Denver, Colorado. Got there, had my six-pack bag, backpack at the time, had my ice packs in there, my six meals. Boom. I left in the morning, went through security. It was fine. My, my gel packs for my six-pack were frozen. Going through TSA at night, uh, Denver, they said, oh, we, we, these gel packs can't go through. They've melted, so therefore yep. they're now a liquid. I had to throw my fucking gel packs away. Mm -hmm. um, for those of you that have taken out a second mortgage on your home to get replacement six-pack bag gel packs, that was kind of shitty because those are really fucking expensive. Yeah, and they so break point all yeah, they break and they've gotten better. I still love my, my bag, the ice packs, not so much. But the key is either A, don't – if you're going somewhere, make sure to refreeze them before you go back to security. Or B, the hack, 
um, there's two things. You can freeze your meals. That keeps your whole bag cold. They'll freeze like the later ones. Or the other option too, you can use frozen vegetables, ice packs. And hey, you have my vegetables with me. Open up veggies, put them in your meal. Mm-hmm. Two options, you know, from our homemaking section of the Iron Jungle podcast. Yeah, we could spend a whole topic on frozen vegetables. People probably freaking out like, oh my God, Drew, you have frozen vegetables? What's wrong with you? Guys, shut up. Frozen vegetables are fine. <laughs> but um, another cool little hack, and this is not something we plan on talking about, but like obviously as you go to these expos, you're going to spend more than a day there. Right, and the nice thing about expos when you're there, they typically have healthy food. There's healthy food choices within the expo, whether it's chicken and broccoli and rice, because they know there's competitors there. So, for instance, I remember the Olympia the first year I went. I had a plain chicken breast, broccoli and rice. It tasted like shit, but it was what I wanted to have. Now, you can ship meals to your hotel room as well, right? Like, so if you're going to be going with like trifecta or Icon meals or Midwest meals or whoever, like you can literally have them shipped to the hotel and pick them up on check-in, so you can stay. Uh, disciplined, you can stay on plan while being there. Um, so there's really no excuses to fuck off on a meal prep or on a meal plan if you're traveling. And that's not just to an expo, that's anywhere you go. Mm-hmm. And there's one part I'll add to that too. I mean, it's the same thing about the expo and show about being prepared. I know that uh, you know, sometimes it's like the emergency, quote unquote, I have to do. You can plan ahead. Tip, God forbid you can't find a grocery store nearby. So even worst case scenario, staying in some hotel. With, with no refrigerator, let's say there's no fridge. There's things you can do at the hotel, pick up nearby, or even bring with you to plan ahead. Like say, um, when I went out to Supply Side West back in October, um, you know, it's a long expo. I brought with me in my checked bag a tub of protein powder. I was like, I'm probably gonna care if this is gonna come back or not, because it's a two pound tub, I plan on going through the whole thing. You're like, yeah. holy fuck, you went through a tub of protein during an expo, which is like three days? In this case, yes. I had literally just finished competing. I had another show in three weeks. I had no room whatsoever to deviate from the plan. In that case, hey, um, I know expos go personally, even with best intention. You don't get a lot of time to eat, especially if you're doing meetings, working at booths, and so forth. You're there to, you know, work the show. There'd be times I got looked at by all the fucking Asians. Everybody there flying from China. <laughs> like, there's a big motherfucker in the middle of the expo at a table for the meeting places. I pulled out my tub of protein. I was dry scooping protein powder. Like, up. Oh, I need 50 grams of protein right now, roughly. Boom. Now that bitch down with the rice cake and care about the expo. Portable, convenient, hardcore. As like, hey, man, keep staring. I might do a trick. But yeah, I was just, it depends how hardcore you need to be. Most times, if you're not fucking prepping, you'll be okay. If you miss a meal or two, or if you have, you know, hey, I survived the afternoon on fucking Lenny and Larry's cookies. I'm not advising that, but trust yeah, me. Yeah, I was, I was literally just stress. Don't fucking stress. If you're one, if you're traveling, enjoy it. Eat healthy. Don't be a dumb fuck. But you're you can't be on vacation. If you like, have to lock it in. Okay, prepare. Go to the grocery store. Rice cakes, canned tuna. A lot of stories. They even have pre-grilled chicken. You can get boiled eggs. They even have pre-made in the deli there. Carton of egg whites. You can fucking drink them. Oh my god, it's disgusting. Microwave the motherfuckers. Okay. Mm-hmm. You can survive two or three days not being in your perfect little bubble. I mean, I love having a plan, but at the same time, chill. You'll be okay. You're not going to build a fuck ton of muscle in three days. You're not going to lose a fuck ton of muscle in three days. Just don't eat like an asshole, and you'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that most people, when they go to these expos, they plan on living off of basically MRE and outright bars and, and your favorite bang energy drinks. So, uh, I mean, that's that's what keeps them alive at these expos because, um, I mean, they, they – and, and why? Because, like, depending on what expo you go to, I, th- I thought the Arnold was, was ten times better than the Olympia. Uh, in terms of sports nutrition expo, in terms of vendors, and in terms of engagement with with consumers, um, but you're gonna stand in fucking lines. You are gonna be staying not only in lines at booth, but you're gonna be staying in basically traffic jams, trying to move around the fucking place because there are that many people in there. You're gonna sweat. You're gonna be pissed off. You're gonna see a lot of bros and douches, and it's gonna smell like absolute ass. Those are things no. that everybody it needs like to. Axe. It's axe. Axe. There's a mix between axe 
A-X-E, and ass, which the latter part I enjoy. Not the smell, but ass in general. I really much enjoy it from the right person. But I don't enjoy the smells and the traffic. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. If somebody would have dropped a match inside uh, the Columbus Convention Center this year at the Arnold, everyone would have been gone because it was so packed you couldn't get the fuck out of there quick enough. But um, these are things that you need to look forward to. Now, Drew and I started the show saying like attendance from vendors is down. I want to touch on that just a little bit and, and kind of explain to people why that is. First off, let's talk about the Olympia because that's coming up. The Olympia attendance is down for, for, for several reasons. One, we're in a digital era. You don't need the Olympia anymore to launch a product. You don't need that platform to get your brand out there. A lot of brands will go to the Olympia if they have deals with, say, GNC, Vitamin Shop. They have to go to kind of show face and show that they're doing something. Some brands, they don't necessarily make a positive ROI, but they're able to sell some product. But for the most part, the O has been poorly fucking ran the last five, six years. The, the charges are astronomically through the roof. Not only are you paying for a 10 by 10 booth to start, you're paying when they drop electricity. You're paying for somebody to hang something from the fucking ceiling. There's a lot of costs. That going. Drew, what's, what's the most a brand has spent on a booth, at, whether it be the Olympia or Arnold? Don't name the brand, but from your knowledge, like what's the most that they've spent in terms of booth space, product, travel, accommodations, food for all the people showing up there? I mean, it's a pretty penny. Bro, I honestly couldn't even answer that. I don't know exact numbers. I know that they're, for a factual benchmark, there have been some places that have um, – dropped money on a booth like upwards of 200k and they bought like four booth spaces and like this is that like a football field for a digital screen um you know so there's that but um aside from that i mean dude you even like an average decent sized booth you're probably looking at 40 uh, to 50 g for some moderate sized well done booth and i'm not just for the booth inventory yeah you know yeah just for the i mean you uh, like I'm going to text Aaron after after this podcast, Singerman, and say, how much did yeah. you pay on the Olympia? Because you're a title sponsor. I know you have like four booth space. You have that football size length LED screen. Um, so like there is a lot of money that is spent on these things that just quite frankly, a lot of brands don't spend because the ROI is better spent in digital marketing or in, in getting a good employee. Like I, I know that there's been brands that probably dropped, like you said, a quarter of a million, maybe a half a million dollars. They could hire two Drews for that and two Drews for that maybe unless he's being a greedy fucker could get you some pretty good products here you know to launch in the, in the, in the near future so that's just a preference on why a lot of brands aren't doing them anymore because the money can be spent wisely elsewhere and to Drew's point when we started the show it's kind of a trick-or-treat for adults and a lot of a lot of consumers will take samples from these from these uh, booths and then they'll forget about it and they may never actually purchase the fucking product and it's hard to track ROI in terms of actual purchase unless they're hanging out coupon codes um, or something along, along those lines. So, Drew, things to expect as a consumer, as a fan of sports nutrition. Coming to an expo. I mentioned st- standing in line, not only inside the expo, but outside the expo as well to get in. So there's, there's that. If, you don't, if you're not patient and you don't like lines, maybe the expo is not for you. And I agree with that 100%. The biggest shock you're going to have is one, just prepared. If you think that you're just going to casually walk around an empty expo hall, um, I have some bad news for you. This perspective-wise, these numbers are not current. This is the last time that I checked. Okay, um, cover this, the Olympia and the Arnold. If we put things in perspective, the, how big the Arnold is compared to the Olympia, I believe last time I knew the Arnold had about 240,000 visitors go through in about a four-day span. The Olympia, I think, was around 80,000. So I don't have direct factual quoting. That's what I've been told. But that puts I in perspective, if you're looking at something yeah. like it's you know four times the size of the other. The reasons for that, once again, I don't claim to be the business analytic guy. That's not me. But think of the Columbus, Ohio. It, it, every, a lot of people 
people go there is not just for bodybuilding. It is a sports festival. You have fencing, wrestling, powerlifting, jiu-jitsu, kung fu. Fuck, I saw literally everything. Pole dancing, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. They have and everything. Stuff. So you have people come in for that. You also have in a rural area, people like, hey, there's a convention downtown in uh, you know rural Columbus, Ohio. Like, you're checking it out. People walking through have nothing to do with the show. First, the Olympia is a much more targeted show. It's more of a destination show. People go there because it's the Olympia Expo weekend. Traditionally, bodybuilding, competing, so on and so forth. They have other things, the amateur Olympia, but that puts perspective why you have a big difference. Um, that's a big point, too, is I kid you not, and we'll cover some experiences here. Uh, the Olympia, to me, is a much smoother show. is less congested. There's less people. I enjoy it more personally, especially if I have to work the fucking show, versus at Arnold. You're basically in the river of people. You're going to be shoulder to shoulder. You're kind of going with traffic or you're going against it. Mm -hmm. um, you can't quickly go from one booth to another. Even just getting out, okay, you're probably looking at a 20, 25 minute endeavor just to weave from the middle of the expo to the outside. Nothing is smooth traffic. There are so many people there that a lot of times your cell phones won't work correctly. Yeah. It's just such a condensed, jammed area. So if you're not prepared for that, then just keep that in mind as well. Um, Strategy-wise, like Ryan had mentioned, you're probably going to get stuffed with a bunch of goodie bag stuff. And in part two is stuff you're going to sell out of things. You're going to be in log jams of lines, some you know booths that have like, say, buybuild.com. Um, at least at one point had like six or seven different sample stations, different brands. You kind of go around and boom, you collect your goodie bag and you're out. Um, so be prepared to have a lot of things and also be prepared to, um, you know, be waiting in line patiently. So those are key things. You're not going to be in and out quickly. And the key is prioritize. Get the map, see where you want to go, see where to make sure you check off your list, see what time the celebrities you want to see are appearing. And, you know, do a little bit of planning. You'll be much better off and you'll feel better. Like, okay, cool. I feel like I attacked the show versus mm -hmm. shit. I got stuck in a log jam for three hours and I get halfway around. Yeah, 100%. And I think a lot of people will ask then too is like, should I bring money? Like, should I buy supplements at these expos? And, and here's my quick take on that. Typically, the sale prices that you're going to get on supplements at expos is probably one of the better prices you're going to get on those products. Um, they're doing like a 30 40% off show special. They're not making a ton of money on that. You're saving on shipping costs, and you can grab and go take it home with you that day. So I would say yes. Come prepared. Bring cash. Have a credit card because they take credit cards. And if there's a brand there that you like, um, per Drew's point, make sure you know where they're at on the map. You can go there, purchase your shit. Do it maybe middle towards the end of the show so that way they still have stock in, but that way you're not fucking carrying it around everywhere, bouncing into people. But I would say from my experience that the pricing on products at these expos is some of the best you're going to get on a product, especially right then and there. It's going to be a GNC. It's going to be the vitamin shop. Um, is it going to be an Amazon? I still think it does for the most part. So um, I don't know, Drew. I know you've been with several different brands too, and you guys have sold products. Typically, your pricing is below map pricing even, which is what the, the industry calls minimally advertised pricing. Um, it's a pretty goddamn good deal. Oh, dude, exactly. I mean, there was an amino product, for example, like the last show that I did for fact. And like, if we're certain relative sake, okay, so the regular amino costs you, say, $39. Usually have a show special, like one for 32 for, say, 45 mm -hmm. You know, they'll get a hell of a deal on it because one is that it's a good chance to get product out there. A lot of times you can try things. They'll be sampling out things. And uh, they are a secret, too. Don't – I mean, you have to weigh this out. You may be out of stock by the time you get to it. Typically, like, if you work with somebody, like, hey, you know, I want to buy – if you really want something, like, you know, a show special. Hey, um, what if I buy four BCAs? Can I get like four for a hundred? Would you cut that deal? And sometimes they'll take it. If they, they sometimes they have to stick to a strict pricing. Sometimes it's not tracked. I mean, it depends on the company. Some just don't give a fuck. Like, ah, cool. I just want to clear this out. I'll give you four for a hundred. Don't insult them either. Hey, I'll give you ten bucks for three. They're gonna tell you fuck yourself. Yeah. But also too, you can look toward like say the. Uh, 
you know, do some bartering. Like, hey, if I buy three, can I get one of those those shirts as well? Some companies, of course, you know, whatever. So I'm like, no, I'll cut you a deal, though. And the other key is a lot of times you can get a lot of good deals on the last day of the expo. Mm -hmm. Because to me personally, when I worked the shows, I didn't want to have to box extra shit up. I'd rather sell that at a discount than not to pay the shipping to get it back. And two, it's less shipping for me to pack up. And, you know, I just want to, hey, okay, cool. If you get it out there, you tried this, you like it, then, you know, it just gets more, you know, advertising dollars and more out of the show. That's just how I've experienced in the past. Though. Yeah, 100%. I think you're totally right. The other point I want to make while being at an expo is if you're sensitive to stimulants by any, by any means, make oh, sure yeah. you kind of keep track on what you're drinking because much like alcohol, you're taking shot glasses, like little taste, taste cups. And when you're doing shots at a bar, sometimes you lose track. And next thing you know, you end up passed out and... Uh, you know, on somebody's couch with a with a woman who weighs 240, and then you wake up wondering, what the fuck did I do? You could do the same thing at the expo, but this way your heart might just explode. So, um, because there is a lot of stim based. I mean, think about it. It's the sports nutrition industry. Everybody's got a fucking pre workout. They want people to taste. So, chances are you're gonna try to taste every fucking pre workout at that expo before you leave. And sure, some are fine, but then if you hit the bang booth or the raise booth and everything else, you have all this caffeine in your system. You're gonna feel like fucking asshole. So just. Um, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying heads up. You might want to keep track of some of the stuff that you drink and even eat just to make sure you don't feel like a complete fucking dick. So, I mean, aside from the 240-pound woman, which was Ryan's 19th birthday party, we yeah, talk great. about that. Um, the key is to – this is my pro tip, okay? Fucking pro tip. Been there and I've done this. I learned the fucking hard way. He's exactly it. You go through this whole expo through a whole day, and you're doing nothing but tasting shit, drinking shit. Like, oh, try our new our new aminos. Try our new pre-workout. Try our protein powder. Try our protein samples. Try this. Try keto chips. Blah, blah, blah. A combination of, like, tons of artificial sweetener, um, whether it be, you know, stims or one thing. So you have a bunch of stims. Even if you're keeping an eye on it, you're probably getting at least one to two full servings of pre-workout if you're trying everything. You go through, you've probably had five or six different amino products. And brands taste good. Like, oh, cool. That, these are really good. I want to try all of them. You know, a lot of times... If you see interesting flavors, you'll want to try all three. And then you go this protein sample booth. Oh, we have like, you know, little slivers of like say a protein bar. And over here, oh, we have uh, like protein chips. So next thing you know, you've gone through this whole expo. You're loaded with nothing but stimulants, sugar alcohols, um, some branch of the fibers, yeah. artificial sweeteners. You've been doing this shit all day long and you just feel like a, like a bloated, overly sweet mess. It's just not a good feeling. So you're overstimulated. You're, you have a tons of shit you're digesting, tons of pre-workouts, chemical, da, da, da. You're not going to feel good. Pick and choose what samples you really want to try. If they have sample packs, just take it with you and try it later at your leisure rather than try to taste everything at the show. Mm-hmm. That's my personal advice on that. Similarity. Yeah, yeah. I, I 100% agree. I think that uh, it's I, – I look forward to seeing people who are kind of stimmed out leaving the show sometimes. They're just like – you know, they, they're running to the bathroom because they feel like shit, literally feel like shit. So um, – there's a lot of cool. Are there any other tips or tricks to the actual expo, Drew, in terms of attending? Because I know Expo Weekend is also. A, 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 you mentioned something about like meet and greets, right? And a lot of these, these, um, a lot of these booths will have, especially at the the Olympia, they are on such strict schedules. So uh, even at the Arnold, like for instance, Brian Shaw, strongman, right, competes at the Arnold. He's going to be at the Redcon booth from like one to three. That's those times are predetermined. Make sure you know those fucking times. If you really want to meet um, somebody, quote unquote, famous within this space know what booth they're going to be at during what times and plan for it because it's going to be fucking busy. Um, you know, we, you don't know when Arnold's going to walk around a, a, in Columbus, but when he does, you get pushed the fuck out of the way from his, his posse unless it's the Arnold across seas where he gets drop kicked in the back of the fucking skull. But if it's anywhere here in America and we take care of him, that's one thing. But, but even like the, uh, the Olympia. So 
Olympian athlete in the past, like Phil Heath would come out, Dexter Jackson would come out, you know, for like maybe an hour or two. First off, keep in mind that these guys are, are at a significant point in their prep where they probably don't want to deal with this shit. So they're there because they have to, because obligation with these brands. So they may not be the most friendly in the world. Forgive them for that. Give them a fucking break. If you get a chance to meet them, they will be friendly as soon as they get a slice of cheesecake and then post-show or whatever they decide to do. But um, there's just things that you should plan for, and you should also understand that your, your heroes may not be your hero that day. They might be pretty pissy. So the inside of track, and I'm just adding to my – once again, we, we kind of script these episodes. We don't miss talking points, but then I don't stick to it because, man, fuck this. I'm speaking from experience from the heart on this one from somebody that, that works the shows. Okay. A lot of people, especially athletes, or even me myself, when I did the, um, what was it, the Arnold back in 2015. That's the first year that I'd done a show, and at that point, I was about six weeks out. And so just working there, there's people, especially the athletes, are not going to be in a good fucking mood because they're in contest prep. We've covered contest prep before, and, you know, give them a fucking break, okay? Like, they they might be a little moody, and they're probably, you know, hey, well, well what the fuck you, man? I met him, he's a dick. Well... I put it this way: You're, you're say you're, you're exhausted. You haven't been sleeping well. You're doing hours of cardio. You're, you know, weak. You're on a restricted diet, and then you have to sit at a booth for three hours. Yes, you're getting paid for it. I know, luxury, but you have, you know, hundreds of people coming through. Everyone wants to talk to you. Everyone wants to shake your hand. That it's exhausting, you know. And every, you're going to have fans that are, they want like five different fucking selfies with you. They're going to try to like talk your fucking ear off. They have to be polite. Da, da, da. And you're sitting at the booth. You're fucking hungry. You're, you know, you got to get cardio in. You're training. You're thinking about competing. You're stressed. All these things come together. So you're going to get a mix. It's athletes. It's understandable. You're going to have people that work these booths with the companies that also compete. And then you're going to have people that, you know, obviously you're just, just fucking assholes. Like, bro, you're, you look like a fucking chewed bubble gum. Like, why are you grumpy? Like, I don't get why you're just, you're just a dick. So keep that in mind. If you have a bad experience, like, hey, just give them a break. Don't expect them and excuse them for being a dickhead. There's no excuse for that. But just keep in mind that's a problem. There are key point I want to have for you too. A lot of times people that work these fucking booths and you legit have a product question and I, I, I get this, but I don't. I'm a science guy. I'm at a booth. You come and ask me a question about the product. I'll tell you exactly what you need to know. Understand a lot of times people working these booths sometimes don't even work for the fucking company. Okay. They're an athlete that's hired for the expo to help demo the product. They're not going to know the science. They're not going to know the pricing. They're not going to know the wholesale values. They're not going to know the shipping costs, the dimensions. Still, like they say, hey, is somebody, you know, like if they don't know it, just say, hey, can I speak to a, like a, a sales guy or like a R&D person? Because right. you'll get a lot farther. And rather than put this poor athlete that's there being paid 15 bucks an hour in their flight to stand there with their tits out and the blonde hair, like, hey, got a little try a sample of the cookies? Like, hey, uh, do you know the glycemic index? Like, uh, what do you think the result's going to be? So keep that in mind as well. If you have a specific question, find the right person because not everybody there knows all the answers. Yeah, 100%. And who doesn't love the clang and bang at these things, man? You go, you go to these... <laughs> Big ass shows, especially in Vegas. I have my favorite gym out in Vegas that I can't wait to get to. It's about 25 minutes away from everything else, which is nice. But here's the thing. When you go to, let's say, the Arnold, right? Everybody goes to fucking Powerhouse downtown Columbus. It is, it's not Bev's Powerhouse, first off. Just keep that in mind. It's not like the Mecca in Long Island. It's still nice to go to, but it's going to be fucking packed. It is going to be filled with people at the expo. If you're not, If you actually want to get a good workout in, Avoid these places. Or you have to find a time in which it's not busy, and it's high, hard to find the time that's not busy. So, for example, at the Arnold, part of me wanted to go to Powerhouse just to kind of say I went there, but at the same time, I wanted to make sure I got my shit in. So I went to Ohio State University and worked out at a Lifetime Fitness on campus because I knew I, wasn't gonna be, I was going to be able to get my shit in and do it there. Vegas, I go to the Lift Factory. Now, that's been 
pretty popular now, so that'll probably be you know people will probably Uber there. But find a gym. I mean, that fits whatever you're trying to do. If you just want to be there, the fanboy, and see some of the celebrities or see some of the fitness personalities, then maybe go to some of these places or look on their Instagram and figure out where they're doing a brand lift or brand workout, and you can do that. But keep in mind, like if they're there actually fucking lifting, they probably don't want to stop and take selfies and pictures and have a conversation with you at all times. So it may not be as glamorous as you want it to be in the first place. Yeah. Be realistic. I mean, everybody is there at the same fucking mentality. You're, oh, man, I'm going to work out in one at the Fit Expo. Well, you think the 80,000 other people that are coming to the show didn't have the same fucking idea. So be realistic. Understand it's probably going to be busy. It's going to be the most crowded you've ever seen in a gym. Everybody's going to be showing off. We're in their fucking Gymshark bullshit. Um, you know, Flex and I hit an arm day, hit a chest day, get a little sick pump to the can, look like a badass, take pictures at the say, hey, hanging at the Arnold, you know, the, I'm not going to tell you what gym I go to, so fuck y'all, because I don't want you to take up my space. Um, you know, hitting down at the X place, you know, and just, you know, for the gram, it's, it's fun, it's connecting, it's part of the experience. So realize that, hey, this is part of the experience to get a workout with a bunch of like-minded people. You're never going to be in another place your entire fucking life that has series of similar interests as you. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I can make a sporting event, but like, you know, for that lifestyle, they're right. there for the same thing. So don't get fucking pissed if you can't do your normal chest workout with all your super setting and have an open gym product get done. So there's been times, um, a pro hack here, if you can find like some of the hole in the wall gyms, some of them do offer 24 hour expo passes where if you buy like say a temporary membership for like a week, they'll hook you up with a key card. Mm-hmm. I know of such a place in Columbus, Ohio, where like the first time I went, I wait till I already fucking the gym closed almost. I got there at 11.55 at night, got my workout in. Next night I got there earlier, you know, around like 10.45. Third night, saying early, early about nine. The expo dies, but then I get an actual workout in. So that's your pro and con. You either go really late when nobody's there or go at a time, you know, where like, you know, but normal members aren't there for, from the expo. That's my advice. And I'll tell you right now, if you're looking for somebody, say in Vegas, right, and you're looking to, to run into Jay Cutler at a gym, you're not going to run into him at fucking 10 o'clock in the morning. He's at the expo. He's an ambassador. He's going to be working out at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. I know this because hopefully Jay and I are working out at, at, at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, but that's, that's the time that they're available. They're so fucking busy doing their obligations, they can't get there at the normal time, and they still need to get their workouts in. So... Um, you know, it, it, you're going to be disappointed. I mean, if you think that you're going to find somebody there, I mean, you might find some people that aren't, you know, either either participating or being part of the show because they're supporting friends. Sure, you'll find them. But again, just be cognizant of their schedule and of, of what they're trying to do. Because I had a great conversation with Guy Cicerino the other day. He's like, you know, he keeps his cell phone in his bag because he he wants to he wants to make every every rep count, not just the ones for the Instagram. He it was a great great little line. He's like, people work the hardest when you're fi- filming or taping for Instagram. Why not work the hardest every fucking set? And some of these guys have that mentality, so they don't want to be bugged or bothered. Uh, and the, if more of us had that mentality, we sure as fuck would be in a, a lot better shape as a society for sure. Um, but that's the biggest thing. Like, do your research. Look up gyms in the area before Vegas uh, this weekend here at the Olympia. Look up gyms for Columbus or if you're going to go to the L.A. fit out in Los Angeles. Um, you know, obviously, these are some new cities for most people if you're flying there. Uh, we've covered some tips here in terms of travel. The one thing I'll say, too, is I mentioned earlier, you're going to run into some – it's good for people watching, Drew, because some – you know, I've seen some, some bros, uh, skinny as fuck, man, skinnier than a toothpick, wearing straight stringer tanks thinking that they're massive. Um, let them be. Just let them be. Exactly. Let them enjoy the day. I'll enjoy the people watching, but it's just somebody, and once again, the people that I need to tell this to probably aren't listening to the expo. Don't be a weird motherfucker. I've worked at, at Boobs and Obviously Week with some brands, and we have some well-known athletes. Sadiq is one of the latest ones I've worked with um, in the past. You know, Big Sean at Pro Sups and you know, just people like that. It's awesome. It's cool to be around these people. To me, I don't get really starstruck anymore. I mean, it's, it's awesome. I've met some really cool people, and I'm very fortunate for that. So me, I don't mean how you're going to ask. Oh, it's not a big deal. But, like, fuck, man. 
the last show, we had this one guy who was a huge, 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 huge fan of our athletes. He's one of the creepiest motherfuckers I've ever met. He looked like he cut his own hair. I'm not judging the person. I'm judging how fucking creepy it was. He comes up. He's clearly – the elevator doesn't go all the way to the top. He stands in line just kind of waiting, and it's his turn. He just, like, stares. He doesn't walk forward. He's, like, so happy. He does a happy feet penguin shuffle, and he pulls out this bottle of olive oil saying it's a gift for you. And he starts talking about cutting off pieces of him to put into candles. And it's the weirdest shit ever. He's just a very strange individual. But you're like, um, <laughs> what, what do I do with this guy? So don't be fucking weird. So I, I want to get the people that probably need to hear this are they thinking it's normal. It's okay. I don't mean to have his tangent. But you're going to see some premium weird motherfuckers at these shows. Enjoy it. That's my piece. The only thing weirder than those motherfuckers at a show would be seeing the vanilla gorilla himself just hanging out in pink, chilling, sleeping, eating. But he's not going to be there. My heart's broken. My heart's broken, too. We were supposed to rip up Sin City. We were supposed to live it up. You know what? Fuck it. Fly yourself out. Come out there anyway and hang out with us for Vegas weekend. 100 degree. This is why a lot of people decide on Vegas versus Columbus, because it's fucking Vegas in September versus Columbus, Ohio in March. All right? The weather alone is enough to go. And we didn't get into it, but we'll tell you right now, the after parties and the parties, if you've heard, if you've heard stories about them, they're probably true because some of them get pretty fucking crazy, and I am looking very much for the parties in Vegas this year. There'll be more parties. 